Good afternoon, everybody. We're going to do two recordings now, one after the other. The first, this one for chapter 21 of Shmuel Bet, and the next one for chapter 22. We've arrived at chapter 21, and in many ways we have finished the book. We now enter into these final four chapters, which appear to be really a unit of themselves. It is not clear at all when the events which are described take place. So let's think about these last four chapters as a unit in and of themselves. Our chapter features what can only be described as a strange and a disturbing story. There was a famine during the days of David for three years. Year after year, David asked of God why this was taking place. God said, The simple reading of that verse means on account of Shaul and the blood that he has shed of the Givonim. Now, cast your mind back to the book of Yehoshua. That was the last time we heard of the Givonim. Who are the Givonim? They were a local Canaanite people who pretended to be a group who had come from a faraway land and as such were seeking peaceful terms with Israel. Israel and Yehoshua, believing them, agreed to this. Afterwards, discovering that this was a ruse, and they were, in fact, of local Canaanite origin, who enmity and warfare appeared to be what was expected. Yehoshua felt obligated to keep his side of the bargain, that he would not harm them, but nevertheless put a curse on them. That was the last we have heard. Now we discover that Shaul in his zealotry for Israel's strength in the land, has wiped out part of the Givonim. For this, he is being punished, or rather, he is not being punished, but the land of Israel is being punished many years later. Many difficult questions are raised by this. The Abarbanel lists, I think, six questions it is. Among them are, why didn't we hear about this in the time of Shaul? And if Shaul is going to be punished for the spilling of blood, surely he should first be punished for the spilling of blood of the priests of Nov, that terrible massacre after the priests had helped David. And if he is to be punished, why wasn't he punished in his lifetime? Why does the punishment come in years after his death? All of these questions, I have to say, um, at least in my own limited understanding, are better than any potential answers that I have heard of. David gathers the Givonim and asks them what it is that can be done for them. The punishment is involves the putting to death the various descendants of Shaul, it's cruel, it is brutal, and one is left with a strange feeling when reading this chapter. So although I don't have any direct solution to, ah, suddenly I can make this chapter make sense, what I can do is to think a little bit structurally about our chapter and the chapters that are around it. I mentioned at the start 
that this chapter has four, pardon me, that this is a unit, this chapter begins a unit of four chapters, 21, 22, 23, 24, which finish the book of Shmuel. Now, this strange story of the king, of the sin of King Shaul with the Gibbonim seems to be paralleled to the final story in the whole book of Shmuel in chapter 24, where David is punished and the people are punished for having um, commissioned a census of how many are there in the land and God's anger being aroused on account of this. So what we can therefore see is that this unit begins with the sin of a king, Shaul, and then it ends with the sin of a king, David. One sin is the killing of the Givonim, the other sin is the counting of Israel. Our chapter then continues with telling us of various of David's warriors, about which there is much to say. Chapter 22 is a song of David. Chapter 23 is another song of David and then more warriors. And then, as I mentioned, chapter 24 is the story of David's sin in counting the people. This seems to be a chiastic structure. A, B, C, C, B, A. A is the sin, at the book ending it at both, the sin of Shaul, the sin of David. B, book ending slightly one more in is David's warriors, and in the middle is David's song. What exactly this structure can tell us, we will talk about more when we learn chapter 24. I will, however, conclude with a further thought about chronology. And that is as follows. This unit of four chapters is almost explicitly not chronological. The Abarbanel does actually think that this does occur after the story of Avshalom. Nevertheless, I think he's a dat yachid, he's a lone opinion, and rather, this definitely does look like a standalone unit. However, there is a fascinating comment of the Radak, Rabbi David Kimchi, a commentator from the Spain in the Middle Ages, Provence, pardon me, who we have mentioned a number of times, who throws us a line without really explaining it, but which would change our whole understanding of the book of Shmuel as a whole. We'll conclude with this idea. He says that in Divrei Hayamim, the book of Chronicles, many, many chapters from now, which retells the story of David on his deathbed, telling Shlomo that David was not able to build a temple because Lerov dam shafacht, you spilt too much blood explains the Radak that one possible spilling of blood which this may refer to is the murder of Uriah. Now, at first glance, this sounds like it makes a lot of sense. We would understand if David was prohibited from building the temple because of having ordered Uriah's murder. That definitely makes a lot of sense. However, on closer inspection, this is bizarre. For the simple reason that, if we can cast our mind back to about 14 chapters, David's request to build the temple in chapter 7 came before David's order to execute Uriah to cover up the Bathsheba affair in chapters 11 and 12. It would seem to be, therefore, that according to the Radak, Sefer Shmuel is not written in order. To borrow a phrase of Chazal, which becomes famous in the Middle Ages when discussing the chronological order of Chumash, 
There is no chronological ordering of the book of Shmuel. Of course, it appears to us as if <coughs> the events of the book of Shmuel take place one after another. But the Radak is telling us that there is an editorial hand here. It could be that the story of David and Bathsheba took place significantly earlier. However, it is being placed at a later date in the second half of the book of Sefer Shmuel, for the editorial purposes, one can only assume of seeing how David's kingship essentially collapses in its aftermath, even though he practically does stay in power. What it would seem to be then, according to the Radak, is that not only these last four chapters, chapter 21 to 24, are not chronological, but perhaps much of the rest of the book would have occurred in a different chronological order, but has been ordered for our purposes, for the reader's purposes, to understand its messages in a different one. Wishing everybody a wonderful day.